forever. Happy Valentine's. How y'all feeling about love? Well, we're both wiped up. Uh, oh, look at that. <laughs> yes. We had a nice Valentine's Day. We we both we said we weren't going to give each other stuff. And then I overheard my wife talking to her mom <laughs> about something. And I was like, she got me something. Then I like That's laughed. That's how you usually work. <laughs> <something real quick>. Yeah. <laughs> we like decided not to do it. <laughs> That's so. a trick. It's a It's a test, guys. Don't ever fall for it. Yeah, I, I know. I always, yeah. I mean, that happens sometimes, and I do feel like Tessa does mean that when she says it. But I'm all, but I'm still. But then if she gives me a gift, but it's just, it's it doesn't feel good. No, <laughs> I'm like, no. It's like, oh, I should have, I should have done that too. I yeah. should have already been thinking to do that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always feel like it's so funny because I, I, I always feel like when I watch like romantic movies even if it's like if, if it's like a pure romance or a romantic comedy it's it's always there's so many things that go into relationship it always feels like so personal like whatever is happening on screen i'm always like judging people so harshly and then judging myself as well and then judging who what they're saying about it you know what i mean mm-hmm. i think i feel that way too i was that way watching this for sure it was like my Cinderella story. Yeah. I felt like it was just so beautiful and I really connected to it. I mean, I'm going to go back really quickly and let you know that my Valentine's Day gift was stolen. So I ain't getting that for Valentine's Day. The mailman don't know where it is. No one knows where it is. I tried to track it down. So I ain't getting no Valentine's. So watching Sylvie's Love yesterday just reconnected wow. all those dots for me um, because I ain't getting no love. And so wow. I was feeling the love. Yeah. Wait, you know that trash. the gift was coming. Right. And but that, well, that it didn't wasn't delivered. Yeah, because I'm from New York, and the guy I'm dealing with is in New York, so he gave me a tracking number the day before. Like, <laughs> here's the tracking number, and it came supposedly on the 15th because it didn't come on Valentine's Day. You know, y'all men be doing stuff late. He tried to make an excuse. He sent me the tracking number <laughs> Valentine's Day, and then it, it was supposed to come the next day. It said it was delivered. I mean, I took 20 minutes, all 20 minutes, to go down and get it, and then it was gone, and no one knows what happens to it. To it. Wow. I will say full disclosure. Um, my my Valentine's gift also arrived on the fifteenth. But see, because but we said we weren't gonna do gifts. <laughs> it's okay, man. It doesn't matter if it's late. You got you got you got it. it. You got the gift. Well, you know they stole it in the streets. If you live in LA, I want you guys to be protective of your packages. They are wilding in the streets of COVID, of package stealing. I've never sure. even seen anything like this. They actually they broke open my mailbox too the same day. I was like, what? okay. Y'all oh, just what is happening? What? <laughs> What's and going I was on like, in LA? You know, you guys said Do you that at least know what gangsta. it was? Like, do you know yeah, what I it was supposed it was. to be? Yeah, it was a hoodie. That's all. That, at the end of the day, that's all we really wanted, you know, was uh, just a little bit of Sylvie's love. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was super corny. Unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Unsubscribe. How do no, I... I'm just saying, like, ever, you know, it's like... It's okay. You didn't get the hoodie. You got that tracking number, so you knew you had a little bit of yeah. Sylvie's I love. think also outside of just love for her partner, I think love for herself is really big in the film. So we could go there. Like I was That's loving true. up on myself on V Day. Got me maybe yeah. some oh, waffles. Game already, you already what? I, I didn't. I, that you just blew my mind. I didn't even think about that, and I'm now I'm like, yes, okay, now we got 
Now there's we got a lot talk of self love going on. Yeah, there's a lot of right. um, self love going on in there. <laughs> I okay. was ready. I was ready. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if that counts as a transition because I just use the films. <laughs> anyway, you, did, all right, you, you know said what? we now have to talk about Sylvie's love, which is <laughs> that's, that's a correct sentence. Oh that yeah, you would yeah. Say. But that's that's why I felt wrong, you know. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Everybody, Sylvie's love my jokes. Okay, let's start All the right. show. Oh. <laughs> Jonathan Raylock, James the Third, Drop Milligan. What more can I say? I've been can jump. Welcome to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Hollywood City. That's what I would say. Have you ever heard of the Snooky Wookie Blues? The Sugar Dookie. <laughs> what was that line? The Sugar Dookie Blues. <laughs> that's the line? Just a the, random that's line. That's my from favorite line. The, that, when Lance Reddick was like, when Lance hey, Reddick. Heard of the Snooky Wookie Blue? And then he like sang the song. <laughs> he like, did the that. little dance. I was like, man, I'm on board for this movie. <laughs> Wow, that's incredible. Uh, For those of you uh, who are listening for the first time, the voice that isn't making just ridiculous snooggy wookie jokes uh this is this one right here. My name is Jonathan Braylock. Uh, Gerard Milligan is out today. And the voice that's making the snooggy wookie. I'm, ne- I'm not going to stop talking like this for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> James the third. <laughs> yeah, all right. Here uh, we go. Let's but we, I'm we, have a, we have a special guest with us. Hold on. Let me get the snooker with the drums out. Oh, I actually like that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> do, do that again. <laughs> it's each day Coleman everyone please give it up Hi. please give it up Hi <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show each day It's a pleasure uh, she she <laughs> works in PR and marketing in the film industry okay yes, that's right She's worked in the she started in a in a in the festival circuit. festival. Mm-hmm. Do you know? You know have you ever heard of that? <laughs> have you ever heard of Sundance? Have you heard you, of yeah? Trabeca? You ever heard of the Sundance Festival? The sugar, <laughs> 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 the sugar digger Trabeca film. No. <laughs> have you ever heard of a little a little studio called Paramount Pictures? Oh snap! You're talking about the Paramount or what? What the? Oh yeah. Uh, Thank yes. you so much <laughs> for joining us. <laughs> no problem. Us. You're welcome. But today we are we we are talking about the incredible film Sylvie's Love, and we are going to be talking in this voice a little bit because this film is set. Well, it starts off. In I can't imagine, keep up. But... <laughs> I can't Actually, keep up it, with this voice. Yeah, it travels a bit because <laughs> it starts in 1963. Because you know they do that little like. That one oh, of those no, no, no. It starts in 1957, 1957, and then goes to 1962. Well, I was going to say, the they had that scene <laughs> in the beginning that's at 1963 because it's her waiting outside oh, right. for the Broadway Before show, her. and then it goes back to 1957, and then it trends, and then it oh, I didn't even up. clock that that was how it started. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It did, it did that, that weird thing where it's like starts in the middle of the movie. And then you're like, what's this? And then it goes back and it's like <laughs> five years earlier, you know? Yeah. Um, 
or whatever, six years or whatever, which I didn't, I didn't fully understand why they needed to do that. But anyway, we'll talk about that at <laughs> later date. But oh yes, we are a film uh, review podcast. We talk about the films of leading black actors in the yeah. context of race and diversity in Hollywood. Race and diversity. <laughs> this movie came out. Technically, uh, it came out. What is it? October twenty twenty. No, it, sorry, it did. A, I think it did the um, film circuit uh, before that. But then it came out on Amazon, I feel like. And when did it come out on Amazon? Yeah, this has a December 23rd date on, on IMDb. <laughs> yeah, it has December 23rd on IMDb. And then, but I'm I'm looking at uh, a different thing that said initial release was January 27th, 2020. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, that, because it, it premiered at Sundance then. That's mm-hmm. why. And it was released on Amazon December. Got it. All right, there you go. Well, that's it, and that's the that's the podcast. Um, no, <laughs> this <laughs> movie uh, was written and directed and produced by Eugene Ashe or Ashe. We are not great with looking up people's names on this podcast. And I'm sorry no. about that. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a romantic love story. Uh, it stars Tessa Thompson, and then can does anybody know how to pronounce this? My man's name. Namdi? Namdi uh Nandi Asamuga. I think that's a I think that that sounds right, honestly. Yeah. He was a football player. Did you know that? No. He was a cornerback. He played for the then Oakland Raiders. They're now the Los Angeles Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> he was good. My man was good in this. I'm this is blowing my mind too that he his whole Wikipedia is like look at his sports stats for a long time and then it's also like oh yeah and then he was in the game and he's in, he's in this movie <laughs> like, what this is and crazy it's kind of incredible football players are taking over the film industry you got Jonathan Jonathan right? David John David that's not right Jonathan David John David <laughs> John David yeah. Washington oh yeah John, John David. David Washington the football players you got well The Rock is not a football player I was about to take it there he is a wrestler <laughs> but here we are yeah but even that like had you know an acting element to it you know like they probably had scripts right <laughs> right well this dude was scripts a pro, on, on the this, set of the WWE now he was a pro bowler like he went like it's saying here he went to the pro bowl three times so like he wasn't just a any old like football player he was like yeah, he really was like good. good he was a first round <laughs> draft pick <laughs> this is really blowing my mind i feel like i could talk about this <laughs> the whole time but we should talk about the movie yes um, yes, let's get to it. Oh, wait, this movie has, okay, 92% Rotten Tomatoes. So well-liked by the critics. Uh, of course, it doesn't have a box office. And a lot of people asked us to do this movie. We did it. We, it was hard because it came out basically around the same time as Soul and like all, all there's just a bunch of, a bunch of movies coming out uh, that were kind of dumped for the, the Oscars kind of qualification period. And so this was one of the ones that kind of slipped not not because we didn't think uh, it was worth doing, but just because it just seemed like there were other ones that were a little more pressing at the time. But who knows if that's true? I don't know. I, I don't know which which movies people watched more. It's just kind of based off of a guess. But yeah, let's get into initial thoughts. I loved it. I thought the film was quite beautiful. 
Um, I love the idea of taking a period piece and making it special in terms of making it more um, layered and humanistic um, for Black people. Um, usually in period pieces, it's really like tragic. We're dealing with civil rights. We're dealing with, you know, issues that everybody like Black, the Black issues that come mm-hmm. up all the time in every film. And I think here you're really dealing with people who are really living their lives and having fun and going towards getting their careers, becoming moms, becoming musicians, becoming television producers. It was just so many endless possibilities for black people in the film. And that I really loved about it. So it was like, well, we're taking back the period pieces and we're making it what we want it to be. And I just loved it. I thought, you know, it felt like my adult version of a Disney movie that I would watch as a kid, you know, Cinderella and all those things. So I really loved it. I thought Tessa's character, Sylvie, was very, it helped me look at myself as a Black woman um, in a very interesting way in terms of her start out as a debutante all the way up into making her way into being a TV producer and not being um, choked into what society says she needs to be. And like mm-hmm. being unapologetic about a lot of the decisions she's made. I mean, in all the film, she's like becomes a mom right. and d- decides to not tell the man that she's having a baby by him and gets married to the other guy. <laughs> and I was just like, this is so mm-hmm. complex, but so real because life happens this way. And it was just so many beautiful moments, even like going to Lacey's character, the husband that she ended up marrying him saying to her, she's like, oh, you did it because you want to do a good deed. And he was like, no, I did it because I loved you. But she was never in love with him. So she never even connected to right. why he did it for her. It was just like all these different things. And it just I, I just I loved it. So I'm interested to see what you guys thought about it. Um, I do think that, you know, if you haven't seen it, you definitely should go out and see it. There's a lot of beautiful points in there. I mean, you got the busted up friend, you got the hot girl cinema, you got, you know, they right. being hot all summer, husband's out of town, she being hot girl, she met Taboo Robert, she has a great moment, Mona's there. Right. It's like so many great po- points. And then you have your, what's his name? Brewster? Dickie Brewster? Mm-hmm. Him being shysty. You got just right. so many different elements. And then Eva Lagoria is in there for I don't know what reason. I don't know why she's up in there. That was so I literally <laughs> didn't know that it was her until uh, I looked this up on the IMDb and I was like, oh my God, that was her. <laughs> I, I didn't even realize. I didn't know, notice her until the actual scene where she does that little performance. And I'm like, is that? And then watching it the second time, you see her more in the film. But yeah, I thought, I mean, everything about the film was just chef's kiss to me. Um, But I mean, I guess I'm kind of like a lover. Got a big heart, you know, even though my (laughs) Valentine's Day gifts don't get here on time. I still love love. So that's my recap of the film. That was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I I think like, I definitely liked this film. I, I feel like when I, when it first started, it was like a little slow and I am a kind of, I don't know if this is fair, but I feel like a stereotypical guy in the sense that like romantic films, sometimes it's hard for me to like get on board right away. But then I do think that this film, like it went so many different places and the characters were really complex in this way that was like both frustrating, but, but also really intriguing. Um, And the score and the music of it was really lovely. Like every, like the direct, the art direction, the costume designs, like all of that stuff was like really awesome. And I think exactly, I think you're exactly right about like how so many times when we do, when there are black period pieces, it's like, it's about the civil rights struggle. It's about like oppression in some way. Like even when it's about the families, it's like that 
that other piece of it is like it's just like kind of closing in like with raisin in the sun or fences like there's still that other part of it that's like really heavy and and it's not like that didn't there wasn't any of that in this film but it was like not the main focus at all not even necessarily like the main like kind of thing thing that the uh, characters had to contend with and, and and make their decisions around so like that in and of itself like makes this film kind of like stand out like really well and and i completely agree like i want to see so many more movies like this it was nice to see tessa thompson in a role where she got to kind of be i don't know a character actor in a way I, my initial thought my cold heart didn't didn't love this movie like everybody else <laughs> My my cold heart was like, man, I don't have time for this. I kept trying to be like, who? Which one are they? Both the star. The movie's called Sylvie's Love, but but it felt like they were spending a lot of time with um my man's what's his name in the movie, Robert. Robert. They spent a lot of well, time with Robert. Then Robert it, disappears. Then Sylvie's we learn love is all. La- <laughs> then we learn all late that. <laughs> Right? Then we uh, learn all late that she um <laughs> James missed that point. We already but go ahead. So no, but then we learned all late that she was pregnant. Just it was just stuff that I was like, okay, no, all right. We didn't, but like, we didn't learn I late that like, she was pregnant. I understand that the wait, wait, I understand wait. the duality of we the did. title, like Sylvie's love is 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 Robert. You we know. learned that she was pregnant in the first half. You knew she was pregnant. He yeah. didn't know she was pregnant. Yeah, you was mad. Were you mad for him? No, <laughs> I know, but I'm saying <laughs> you were mad I'm for him. I'm saying we could have spent time with her. You know, you... <laughs> like like the the sickness is a discovery and not a um and not a uh, we spent time with her like getting sick and like and you know what I mean. Like it was like we walk in with with her friend Mona and we learn that she's sick. With Mona, we don't learn that she's sick with yeah, Sylvie. It, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I I do know what you mean, I guess. But I, I I feel like that moment that we saw was the even if she had a suspicion that maybe she was pregnant, that's when she knew for sure. Like her, yeah. Fr- but I think you know her friend. I think that's how. But that's usually how it happens with women, right? You right. find that you're pregnant. You don't go and tell your man first. You got to figure it out. You're like, I got to tell my girlfriend. Like, girl, I think I missed my, I missed my period. Oh, let me, I think I threw up, girl. What's happening? They're like, get a pregnancy test. And then y'all, y'all decide together how you going to tell your man. That's <laughs> generally how it happens. Right. And Mona was like, girl, go tell him. But then Sylvie was like, no. Because she was trying to save her man's career. She was trying to help her man out. Like, don't don't be dogging it. You, I think you are projecting because you wouldn't want to know that you got a five year old five years later. I but I you. don't mean that. I, but I yeah, okay, all right. But so still, still, <laughs> th- there was just stuff about, it. and then it just felt like it felt meandering to me. Well, James, now we know why your Valentine's Day gift got there. Oh, <laughs> because you was oh, cold buddy. I'll take a snaps. I'll take. It. <laughs> I think I will say though I love the acting in this. I thought the acting was very good. I loved everybody. I did have a. I have always loved Tessa Thompson, but I've always heard people be like, "She's not good in X, Y, and Z." And there was one line in this that I was like, "Oh snap! Have I been wrong forever?" Like that she said that I was like, "I don't think I agree with that acting choice." It's the first time I've ever felt this way. It was when uh, (laughs) it was when uh, Mr. J got electrocuted, and she was just like, "You almost got electrocuted!" Like there was no. It was, in like the be- was- it was in the beginning, right? <laughs> it was in the beginning, yeah. I will early- say for for me that like 
like in the beginning, I I was like slightly. I don't. I just. I I don't know if it was because we didn't know enough about her yet. But I was like, who is this person? Like I couldn't quite. Yeah. But get... she was supposed to be a mild manner girl. Exactly. Yes. So being rowdy, like oh my god, you electrocute yourself. That's not what deputy. You're not allowed are. to do that. Right. So she was like, Daddy, you almost electrocute yourself. Right. Like she was like that. And you see <laughs> the training of that throughout right. the film. So yes, it did feel off because. I think in our generation, we're like, what the hell? You (laughs) You jump off your skin. But like in that time period, women were like way more like, hmm, you know, like (laughs) mouth. I wanted her to be like, look at yourself. (laughs) But but she didn't do that. And I I was just confused by the choice. I I was going to say, she went on a journey too. It was like, I also realized like the beginning, part of the awkwardness that I feel like I was feeling easily could have been the fact that she herself was like stuck between these two different worlds and she wanted to be this person but she felt like she had to be this person and so she was like like balancing that thing and it makes her feel it made her feel um insincere as a person like you can kind of feel like like you're not being genuine you're not being yourself and at first i thought that was the like just like tessa like not understand like just not being like being able to be this person who she's supposed to be and then i realized it was i was like oh no i think this was like a character choice like she, the character didn't know who she was supposed to be so yep. she herself was kind of putting on this like front and it felt fake you know yeah yeah yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, so it was just that one line for me. You know, I love Tessa Thompson. I feel like she can do no wrong. Um, and yeah, and the and then the supporting cast as well, like Tone Bell. I, Tone Bell, I kept being like, he looks so much like Juan Carlo Esposito in this in this movie. Like, I, I was does. like, oh shit, have they, were they related? Like, I was like, I didn't think that that was true, but I needed to look that up just to see. Cause he looks so much like him, you know. And then they got they got Bridgerton in there, and <laughs> oh, yeah, that is the dude from Bridgerton. It's, it's this. Everybody was great. It made me mad. It did make me mad that Eva Longoria was so peripheral for so much of the movie before her song. I was just like, you have Eva Longoria in your movie. And she's in the background the whole time. Well, she was wife. She was wife. She was a wife to Dick Booster, which I thought was very interesting. You know what I mean? Yes. It was, yeah. it was. I thought that was an odd pairing. I'm not going to say that. I was to say that it was like. I, I didn't quite understand. I didn't know if there were like. I didn't know if there was any commentary to be made on that at all. And also because Eva Longoria in the film, it felt like she was a white person, but I didn't know if that she was supposed to be or. That's what it felt like to me. <laughs> well, no, when she did her performance, you felt like there was some Spanish. They, right, they right. definitely try to implement the Spanish, yeah. like so we got it. I mean, because Dickie was Dick was over there with the, the white woman in the bathroom, coming out, being all right. whatever. She was like, "Oh, you can't. You guys can't see me doing this, but I'm trying to do the little dance that." Eva yeah, she doing the action. Doing. Watch the movie. <laughs> she doing the part. <laughs> she moving her hands up and. <laughs> I felt like that was a lot. I was like, I didn't need this. I didn't need that for the film. But thank you for having Eva Lagoria, I guess. Well, let's get into it because there's so there is a lot here. I think it's and like I said. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> we did get that little snippet in the beginning of her waiting outside for him, and then he comes. She's like Robert, and then it and then it flashes back. Do we know why they did that? <laughs> 
I mean, I, I mean, you it. know, it's like it's is you know, it's this felt this felt very um Harry Met Sally to me, this movie in particular. Even though Harry Met Sally is linear, <laughs> you know, they just they just go in one direction in, in time. But James, you don't even remember it being this. You don't remember the beginning. So why are you talking about the beginning? You just I know because but I'm saying I'm just I'm just <laughs> using this as an example of like I missed this part like film. I didn't even remember that that was what was happening <laughs> then you comparing <laughs> the film to a linear film like you got it all wrong you got it all wrong <laughs> but I think the fact that we were all silent kind of gives like it wasn't necessary but I do think that it it brought you into the movie quicker, right? Because if you would have just came in and you was at the record store, then you're like trying to wait and fi- figure out what happened. You know that they know each other. And I think that's a cool moment, right? You know that they know each other because you see them in the first first little scene together. And then when he's walking up to the record store, you're like, oh, this is how they met. I think this movie was for women. I'm going to say it right now because it's like, oh, that's how they met. You know, we get all excited about that. You're about to break down that part of the right, story. Right. And then he comes in and he's looking through the glass and it's like, oh. Oh, she looks so right, good. Right, it was the, me- the meme yeah. cute. <laughs> Is this also yeah. the moment? Wait, so this was the, the so the specific beginning was the moment when she saw him outside the play, right? When she, Correct. W- you know, and she was waiting because this- you because you thought like, well, I thought just because of I know the movie. I mean, I knew and the movie's called Sylvie's Love. Like when she was waiting and she was like pacing, I thought she was waiting for him, you know. Yeah. And then he comes and she's like Robert, and then it was kind of like I was like. I was a little confused because I was like, wait, that doesn't feel like the response you would give to someone who's like showing up real late. You know what I mean? They're like making you pace. And so it was kind of a weird thing. I also think but maybe they started. I just it. wanted to say the reason I asked yeah. though was was would would you also say that though that this is the night that she chooses him? Like like that particular night is the That's night true. that she like chooses. I mean, in a, in a way, no, no. <laughs> I mean, she's, she's shaking she's, her head. She cheats on her. She cheats no. on her husband. <laughs> she's like, absolutely. She, it was not she this chose night. Him. <laughs> she, cho- she chose him the day that they were on top of the roof, and they took it an extra step. That's when they they kiss for the second time. Right. They're on the roof. Mona leaves, and then they actually have sex, and Mona then she Lisa. ends up pregnant from that. Yeah, but I think she really chooses him when she makes the decision not to tell him that she's pregnant. And I think this is going to okay. be controversial when she goes right before she he leaves to Paris. She chooses him in that moment because she puts his his love his life in front of hers and decisions of her own. And I think that's a mm. controversial decision. I, or I definitely. But when she turns around and she says, "See you later," not. He says, see you later, alligator. And she goes, for a while, crocodile. I think in that moment, she's like, I love him. And, you know, I do think it's controversial, though. Love looks differently for everybody. I'm not saying here saying nobody's my baby daddy. He ain't the baby daddy. He the baby daddy. And I'm telling him that. But, you know, that's just everybody's different. (laughs) Right. I think we I, I, I will. I'm so excited to talk about that part because it is, again, like I said, like, it's so personal like romance love like how we deal with relationships it's it's so personal and um there are ways in which anyway let's get to that when we get to it because first it's just the meet meet cutes that we get the little beginning okay nobody understands why we we did that but i get the only other reason i was going to throw out it was because she looks really like she looks great you know and she looks like there's just like that kind of glamour about that shot that I was like, I think they just wanted to start with that to be like, don't worry, we're gonna get to the part where they're 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 all gonna be glamorous. Like they're not just gonna be these like little kids who like don't have any money. <laughs> um, because when we 
because then when we get to the record store, she's like working at the record store. She's like, I mean, she feels very young, right? Because she's like watching television and like not like not paying attention to her job, really. And her dad's like, uh, we get this fun moment with her dad who, who bought two different TVs. By the way, the first TV we had was also like my mom found in the, in the garbage. I don't think she was working at the shop because she needed to work at the shop though. It was very evident that she had, she was, she was fine. She just wanted to be there. Her father kind of called it out to her. He's like, yo, you need to go out and have fun, enjoy the summer. But I think she was so enthralled with her engagement Woman, I was, I've been engaged. I mean, I'm, I'm giving up too much information, but I've been engaged. And you like, I'm just going to stay home and wait for my, my boo to come home. You're just so excited about it that you, the outside world doesn't really matter. And so she's just there. And she says to him, to Roberts particularly, like, you know, we're not hiring. I'm here. We, we just have that sign for this reason. And the father's mm-hmm. like, no, we are. You need to get out. <laughs> like, she doesn't need to work. And it's very <laughs> evident. Like, as you start seeing oh, her character yeah. develop, she doesn't need to work. Yeah. So she's just there watching TV. Not doing anything else. Right. No. Yeah. I didn't think she was, I didn't think she needed to work. I just more meant that like, like her family, it wasn't like they were like, they wasn't like they were super poor or anything, but they weren't like living some life of luxury either. Right. Cause they had like this t- two televisions, one that only had the picture and the other that only had the sound, which is really <laughs> funny. But that's like, that is the way, like you just make it work when you're like, you know, uh, you don't have you don't have all the money in the world, but like you have a little and then you, you do what you can to like find these kind of shortcuts. I just thought it was hilarious that they have two TVs on top, stacked on top of each other. I feel like that was just her dad trying to make a point. Like we not finna, we not finna spend any money on no ridiculous stuff because it looks like right. he can afford it, but he's a dad. Like, no, we're going to be on a budget. We finna <laughs> get this fan work. We finna like, he's the kind of guy like trying to rub two rocks together, make it, exactly. you know, make it work. Like that's the kind of father was the mom came through and she was like, I am it. Proper and then you look at their clean. home, their home in New York for black people in the fifties. I don't think black people were living in those type of homes. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, they were. Were they? I don't know. Yeah. It was like a brownstone. It was a, bra- I, no, I mean like it, I didn't know exactly where they were. Were they, cause they, were they in Harlem? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was like a Harlem. It was like that. I. It's so hard to know exactly what the, pricing of that stuff it was but it's not how much it would be now like not even close you know what i mean oh yeah for sure (laughs) for sure for sure but i just always felt that throughout history brownstones are just expensive like in my mind i'm like the brownstones was was lit but also i don't even know what was outside of those brownstones you know but besides tenements that's all i really could think about but they weren't living in that my impression was they were like middle class family like in that time period like middle class like you're living a pretty comfortable life and and yet you're not like you're not going to throw money away. So the dad was still like probably the way that he even got to the middle class was by being the way that he still was, which was like, we're going to pinch pennies. We're going to make sure right. that like, you know, you're not going to buy something new if I can get it to work kind of thing. Yeah, because remember, remember the scene when she goes to see Robert? She has money. He's over there talking right. about the car don't really work, like the heater don't work. Like, sir, your daughter could have fixed that heater. And that's how she ended up not getting to the to the show on time because she took right. her father's car, which was actually 100%. But that car could have been 100%. We can all agree to that. So the father right. was the type of guy like, listen, we're going to jerry-rig it. We're going to get Jimmy to work on it. And then we're going to call my cousin. And we're going to put some glue on it. And it's going work that's like the and i will say i wanted to i did kind of want to know a little bit more about her parents marriage because her father and her and the mother seem so different 
like the mother had this, you know, manners school where she's like teaching little black girls like <laughs> how to like be proper. And, you know, there was like a little bit of that, like uh, her, her mom was, I think, I feel like what, yeah, her mom was like very much into like, well, you gotta, if, if you want to get ahead in life as a, as a black person, like you got to take on the culture of whiteness. You got to do these things that are going to make you seem proper. You got to speak proper. You know, she looked at, um, wait, what was his name? Uh, uh Robert. Robert. Yeah. She looked at Robert, like at one point she made, makes a comment about like how, you know, they're not of the same class or like, she's like somebody who's below you, which was interesting. Cause it didn't seem like, like it wasn't like Robert, but did you notice bad, that but... the father has a similar like background as Robert? Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. I think I do think that they were like the, the both of the the mom and the dad were like orbits around each other, and that's a lot of times what you end up seeing in these time periods is like people get 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 married because they're being forced to. That's what was happening with Sylvie, right? So we don't really know the background story between the father and the mom, but I'm assuming like they ended up together. Maybe it was a love story. And maybe the mom is like, listen, you don't want to fall in love with a musician. You don't want to do the same thing I did. Let me teach my daughter right. and, and built this school around her teachings of her daughter because she wanted more for her daughter. Um, that was the, that was the vibe that I had, especially because I think in that same scene, she says, she says to Robert, I hope uh, Mr. Johnson hasn't been filling your head with with any of his, you know, wild ideas about about music or like what it what it would mean to to pursue music professionally. It seemed right. like she like looked at him, you know, and like a little like a little Definitely. Mr. J and was like, you can get away from this. I dude. wish we had a, a scene with that because it, it just they've they developed those characters so well i kind of wanted to see a little bit of like you know because that also informs us what sylvie's idea of love and marriage is i mean we kind of get that already like because for me i it's funny i i didn't think she was like super excited about her engagement it just felt like it was the thing like she had to do and we even get it from her friend of like the reason she was engaged was because like she was caught like I guess like kiss like kissing that guy or you know yeah. what I mean? I would say she was excited about the engagement, but I think when you meet somebody and the level that like and you connect on that level of love like she did with Rob, it kind of like all of that goes away. You know, cuz I feel like in the very beginning she was very like fantasizing of it, like fantasizing what the what the engagement would be like but didn't truly understand what love was. She hadn't been introduced to that. She was just fantasizing on what the life would be like with this doctor who has money. And then you actually feel love, you know? It's like there's levels to this love shit. You got you actually feel it and then you're like wow, like you, you just feel like this person touches you in so many different places, not only just in a physical, but in also in an emotional. And I felt like you could truly grasp that in the very beginning, especially when they were smoking the cigarettes on the stairs. You know, there was just like some untouched, untapped chemistry that you could tell that she wasn't really getting from her partner. I mean, yeah. even when her mom says she got to, received two letters from Lacey in the mail, I was like, it didn't seem like his letters were so impactful like to her, you know? Oh yeah, no, not at all. That's why that's what I was saying. I was like it felt like she was more like excited about maybe the idea of marriage but like mm-hmm. not him. Like not yeah. him. Like even yeah. before Robert, like I I do think like when she met Robert, it was like a very obvious like oh, this is what it's supposed to be like kind of yeah. thing. But like even before I felt like she was just like yeah, like I guess this is what it's supposed to. I mean it's sad but it's it's real like it you know, but I think you never know. You really never yeah. know what love is supposed to feel like until you get 
to that place, right? Right. You 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 date around, you're like, oh, I love this person. And you like dating that person, and then you meet another person, and you're like, oh, I love this person. But then it'd be like the fourth person that you really feel this like real intense love that you never felt before, and you're like, it almost freaks you out. So I think she was kind of even freaked out by her love for Rob. Like, dang, I really love him. For and like sure. she didn't understand even how to, and I think that's natural humans. Like, you don't really understand what love is until you're actually in it. Everyone talks about love, and we easily use it. I mean, when I was five years old, I was talking about I love somebody. I love that boy. And I love this boy at 10 years old. But once you get to a certain age and you start really experiencing love, it's just a whole different level. She was young. She was young. Just talking about something. I love somebody. I'm engaged. Oh, exciting. Yeah. Yeah. How old are they? I don't even know how old they are in the movie, but she feels like a, like she's 20 or something or 19. I know. Yeah. We don't, we don't know. And he was off. Where Was he off in a war? Was that what she was? Where was she? She was off fighting. But it was weird because then he was a doctor, and I was like, "That got me. That that part did confuse me." <laughs> I was like, "He's in the fight. He's in the war." Right. And then, I mean, but maybe that's how it was. I mean, I cannot speak about drafting, but obviously they were drafting like Muhammad Ali, right? So it's like right. if they drafted anybody, they draft everyone. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and it must have been like also the could Korean have been, you know, War. Like a, you or, could have been a yeah. a medical officer. Also, that's true. oh yeah, this part was tough for me because I was like. Even though the way she talked about it, it did seem like it definitely seemed like she wasn't into this guy, whoever he was. You know, we hadn't met him yet. We don't meet him for a while. I was like, but he's but also maybe that's the distance, you know, like they ha- how long has he been gone? How long how long have they been away? It was hard for me to reconcile the uh, discovery that she was having with with Robert and then also Robert's relentless like <laughs> i'm going to actively pursue this woman that i know is engaged you know engaged, what I mean? like I know. it was just like i i i had i had trouble i had trouble recon- reconciling this this piece of it um and then it gets even harder what? when the guy shows up and we only really get like seven lines from You're, him <laughs> and are you saying you had trouble because you were like you felt like they were both doing something wrong so wrong. it was hard for you yeah. to get on board yeah i it was this thing of like I mean, they obviously were t- doing something wrong in, in in that kind of sense. But I, for me, what it felt like was, well, how I reconciled it was like, it, she got engaged really young, not necessarily because she was in love with this person, but because there was pressure from her mo- mom specifically about yeah. like, if you're going to be messing around with a boy, you better you better get engaged. Like, and she was like, Oh, okay. Like, is that what is how it's supposed to be? So she gets engaged and you know, you could talk yourself up. Like I've been watching love Island, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is an insane reality show, television show. If you've <laughs> ever seen it, but like, it's funny. Cause like, you'll see it. Like you'll see these people like on this show, like they're getting paired up with people that, you know, they don't fully like, but then they like talk themselves into it because like yeah. they kind of have to, it's like, there's this other pressure around it. But like, you know, like it's never going to it's not going to work because they don't actually like the person. It's like but it's so easy for us to talk ourselves into liking someone, especially one, if they really like us. And two, if there's like people around us who we trust, who are telling us, like, you should be in this relationship kind of. thing. Right. And he hits yeah. all the he hits all the signs of like, this is the man you marry. He right. comes from an affluent family. She's also like debutante right. culture is such a different culture. Like, honestly, yep. it's like far removed from yourself. You're actually just portraying. And that's what Jonathan spoke about in the beginning about like her not truly being herself. So I think her not even knowing herself. I think when she got engaged, she didn't even know herself. You know what I mean? Right. She had no idea yeah. what she really wanted in her own life. And as she started 
started to develop that, I think that she, you first see her actually seeing herself in a different way when she meets Robert. She starts to really explore what it means to be in love, what it means for her. And like, it just continues to transpire throughout the film where you get to the point where she's now a TV producer and she's gets to the point like, I don't need you, don't come back. You know what I mean? So like, she's definitely evolving as a woman. And I think in the beginning, you just meet her very young and she's like, you know, even though she's doing something wrong, I think we all know, ain't nobody got no business getting engaged and getting married under the age of 21. <laughs> like you just don't have, I mean, if you do it and you're successful, congratulations. I'm talking about the large majority of people right. in the world just sitting here getting married that young. It's, it's, there's a point in time. Well, I'm about to get really philosophical, which I'm just going to do it. You don't Damn, even grow please. your prefrontal cortex. Your prefrontal cortex doesn't develop until you're 24 years old. So you should really don't even have the ability to think right or wrong until you're fully 24. You know what I mean? So I would say that I say all that to say that I do think like if you want to make discerning decisions, you really want to wait like concrete decisions in your life. Right. You want to wait to past the age of 24 for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's not. It's like at the end of the day, it feels like it's not fair. And again, there are people who've made a work, who've met super young. They got married young and like they have, you know, a great life. Uh, but I do think it's rare. And it's also because and like part of the reason it's rare is because you don't have enough life experience to even know if that's exact. It's like, it's not saying that it's the wrong choice. It's just that you don't even know what the right choices are because you haven't even been exposed to enough to know how you truly feel. And then a, a lot of it is just based off of like, you know, like what whatever society or culture you grew up in that's saying like, this is what you're supposed to do. You know what I mean? So you're doing a lot, you're following like somebody else's plan, you know, yeah. supposed plan that for for your life. And I do want to go back and say that Robert wasn't the only person that helped Sylvie see herself. She had, she had Mona. And her and Mona was having a hot girl summer, okay? They was really discovering themselves through the hot girl summer. They was out with the boys. They was coming out with their best garbs. They were doing it up. And I just feel like when you have those moments, I mean, I hate it. I feel like I shouldn't really say this as well, but I'm saying it, whatever. You have your whole moment. You have your hot girl summer moment. That is a moment that you really are figuring out how you want to maneuver in this world. And I think her and Mona was kind of figuring it out together. So, you know, it's just unfortunate that she was engaged and she was like cheating and, you know, doing right. it in an inappropriate manner. But again, it's because of the circumstances in which she was forced into. Right. So. Well, so this is my th So let's get to the first major decision, uh, which is they have uh, that we we find out that they had they had sex. Uh, she says that it was extraordinary. You know, Mona is like, wait, oh, snap. Like, I've done it before. It was never extraordinary. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> she's like, nice, maybe, but extraordinary. <laughs> uh, so, so it's like, you, you know that they're, they're really in love, but then her mom disapproves. Uh, I'm obviously, <laughs> um, her mom kind of finds out. She, she gets the husband. She gets her husband to fire him from the record store. Uh, they don't talk about it. It seems like the it seems like they didn't even talk about why they fired him, even though they kind of knew, obviously. And then, you know, he can't talk to her. He goes, you know, he does that very romantic thing of playing a saxophone outside her window to get her attention. I never understand, by the way, every time I watch movies, whenever people are able to like sneak out of the house, I'm always like, how are you able to do this? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I I never had the balls to do it when I was a kid, but I truly feel like I would 
a hundred percent have gotten caught. Like I, I can't even <laughs> imagine a scenario in which I would have been able to successfully sneak in and like out and in back into the house. I just, yeah, I feel well, like my dad I'm just positive my mom <laughs> just knows. Like <laughs> it's, never, it's never come up, but I'm just sure she just knows about the times. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so you snuck out, James? I didn't sneak out either, Jonathan. I was too scared. <laughs> I just wouldn't come home early. Like I wouldn't come home at my uh, my designated right. time. But right. I would. Yes. I would come in late, but I wouldn't sneak out. I thought of it though. But I, every time I thought of the plan, I lived in New York in an apartment. The floors creaked too damn much. That's the thing. Like, what's exactly. that floors creaking? Like, how y'all getting out saying. the house? I'm like, the floors are creaking. Like, I, like the the, the 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 door makes a noise. Like, plus everyone's already like. You know, I mean, my dad, ha- I feel like, like slept with like a certain alertness to him because, you know, he's like, hey, like if somebody comes in his house, I better know. So it's like any kind of, you know, at a certain point, he put like a bell on the door, too, by the way. And then we had a dog. When we had a dog, it was like, forget it. There's zero chance you're going to sneak out with the dog. <laughs> like, there are three the ways dog- to go in and out of the house. OK, and then and then and then windows. But you couldn't do the window because they all had screens. But there were three different doors. And so it just depended on where people were positioned in the, right. in the house. Well, the he time. lived in a house. When you live in an apartment, you're not sneaking out the window. That's one. Because you want to fall out the fourth floor story floor. All right. Well, I'm going to say we snuck into the fourth floor apartment through the hallway window once. But that's not something you want to do because that is a very dangerous fall. So you grew up right. in a house. I'm just going to put it out there because yeah. I wasn't sneaking out the windows. Too much work. Uh but uh, but you know, then we we find out that she is is pregnant, and he has to go to Paris because he got this gig, which she was sad about. So they both clearly like love each other at this point, and he comes to her and he's like, "Hey, I, you know, come with me to Paris," which is a huge thing, you know, and that would be such a giant risk. And I think he knew that, you know, I don't obviously extremely disappointed that she didn't come, but I. I do feel like he understood. Like it wasn't like a, I can't believe you're doing this to me thing, which sometimes people I have. Mean, which listen, is listen, have y'all watched Laguna Beach? Okay. Laguna Beach, Lauren doesn't go to Paris and she stays back with the man and she don't do what she need to do for herself. Okay. And then you see in the next year <laughs> that Lauren ain't even with that man no more. So let Sylvie do what she need to do for herself. Okay. I'm just going to put that out there. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of things that were a little bit more complex than that, but she, why she got to run behind that man? That's a showing of her independence. She don't need oh, to run behind to- him. <laughs> yes. You don't need to run behind yeah. him and go to Paris. You know what I mean? I think she loved him, but Honestly, we talked about this, um, I think, right before we got on. It's like the self-love of it all. There's some self-love happening and some figuring it out for herself. She needed to figure out her own stuff. And totally. going to Paris with him with a baby and trying to figure that out with him is just a lot. You know what I mean? Like, I agree. Oh. Yeah, I agree. It's a lot. Now, what I, I'm sorry, but I do not agree with is her not telling him. And yeah. this reason of, of, so like, like, let's, let's get into it. Cause this reason of, <laughs> oh, I did it for you. I think is a cop out. And I think a lot of people make these, these kinds of cop outs in their lives of like, well, he I didn't did tell the too. truth. What? He did it too. No, he of, did course, it too. of course. He and I was, out. I was so pissed at him too <laughs> when he does it. And we'll get to that one when he did, makes a choice, which actually his choice is at, even more unforgivable with her. At least she has a fiance to think about and like <laughs> this other life. And like, she's like, well, if I don't tell him I could live this life and be like, cause at first we didn't, 
we actually don't find out for a while because I wasn't sure if she was going to try to do that thing where it's like, no, 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 it's yours. You know what I mean? Like it, like, oh. but I, we, we eventually find out she did tell her, her husband that it, that wasn't hit, that it wasn't You were trying to see how much of an asshole she was. He was like, no. let me see. She won't tell him that stuff. But it wouldn't have made sense. She knew it I wouldn't agree. have made sense. It wouldn't I agree, have made but, sense. But sometimes people live that lie. Sometimes people both, like both, both people in the relationship know the truth, but they decide to live the lie because they're, they're so scared of it. So I wasn't sure how scared of the truth she was. Like, was she just going to create this entire world where everyone just pretends like that that kid is it well she you know, didn't the- now you got the record straight <laughs> put the record, make the record straight <laughs> sylvie didn't do that she just didn't tell the baby daddy because the baby daddy went to paris and she was just still so fresh in her. listen you don't tell people you're pregnant until you at least three months and i mean i'm not saying that you don't tell the baby daddy but who's to say she would have carried full term Let's give Sylvie yeah. well, some Well, yeah, some we brains. didn't know. We didn't know <laughs> what she was going to do, like but she did. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot. There, there was a lot there, and this was this was hard for me. This was hard for me too. It, it does. It 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 feels very both real because we know that this does happen where people don't tell people that they have their kids, and you find out later, and it's and it's devastating, you know. And like and like you like you said, like she she also doesn't know right now she doesn't know what's gonna happen she doesn't know you know so she so it is it did feel very much like yes i understood why she didn't tell him but it was so you know after seeing the movie and being being with both of them up until this point in the movie we know that they both love each other we know that he would he would he would probably not have gone to paris right like he would have his dream would have been dead right is the is the thought but he but you know but it was just so hard to be like but she should have given him the choice i agree we she definitely should have allowed him the choice like exactly. she should give him the choice of what he wanted to do instead she made the decision for him but it, it's it's always a catch for me too when you're in love and you're trying to do something in the betterment of somebody else and you're making decisions for them that's usually where you find relationships go awry all the time because people are trying to make decisions for their partner that they think is the best decision for their partner and then that's where Right. all the time it. and then i couldn't believe that he like after what after what happened to well, him i was like you're gonna just not tell him well, about the job okay wait well, well let's get to that <laughs> I, the last thing i want to say about this though is that i do feel like even though there was a part of her that was doing it for him she was also doing it for herself and i wish she would be also be honest about that part too of like it wasn't just for him you were doing this because you knew you didn't want to go you didn't want to go to Paris. There was a whole life like it was too big of a risk. You were going to like take and this isn't a bad thing. Like it's a it's a legitimate obvious like choice, but she was like I it's it's just better for him to go live his life and for me to go live my life. And the easiest way for for that to happen is if he doesn't know because now if he doesn't know, he's not going to try to to come back into the life he's not going to try to see this kid it'll be much easier for the the child that i'm raising to think that this person is the father instead of thinking she has two brothers that all that stuff like there i i just feel like there was a lot more to the decision ju- than just like she just wa- she was doing it out of love because she loved him and wanted him to yeah. have his, his career yeah. <laughs> you know and i just i hope people know that <laughs> no it is it is i think it's also cemented in the fact of how she also thought about herself and how her mother thought of her and all that whole culture of what she brought up was brought up into i was right. just trying to defend that because you got the women gotta have each other's back so i'm just saying you know i, I love it i love that you're defending her. i really do yeah. <laughs> i have a friend who was like told at like 
12 or 14 or something like, oh, by the way. <laughs> and like, it was like casually like, this man is not actually your father. And it was like, Fuck. all right, yeah. let's bring out the hot dogs. And it was, it's just like, how, yeah. people got to be, people got to be better about this. But I, this I, can't I, keep I, happening. <laughs> There's too much trauma in the oh, world. No. You got to tell people no, but look, parents I, Okay, James, I dated a guy who didn't know his daughter was his daughter until she was five years old. I already wow. had came Oof. into the picture and she was older than five at the time, but that's when he had found out. And he kind of was doing the same thing, messing with yeah. a married woman and ended up getting called the godfather for years up until five. And Oof. then it became discovered that he was a father. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm very much aware of the toxicity of it all. Um, but I do think that even within that, that man that I dated was very excited to be a father. So I think yeah. you're like, oh, he just let it go. Like, no, he was really excited to be a father. And, you know, I guess in this in the same situation, that was his first child too. So it was like, oh my God, it's my first child. It's this level of excitement, right. disappointment, but excitement because you already know the circumstances. You know that you were sleeping with a woman who was married. You yeah. know that the, the, the reality of that. So you can kind of come up from a place of understanding because you guys were both doing something that you had no business doing, right? So, I mean, it's it's definitely a difficult topic. And I love that. I love that we can have this long form of a conversation about one Absolutely. aspect of the film because that's like literally like, one part of like so many different other aspects that happen, mm-hmm. you right. know? Right. And it's kind and it's complicated, man, especially when you're young to be making these kinds of decisions that literally affect your, your whole life. You know what I mean? And that's, it's a lot to put on a young, a young person. Um, so it, it's tough, which is why, you know, people, you, you, you should use protection. And <laughs> <laughs> Try or to abstain from, or abstain from sex situation. before marriage. <laughs> <laughs> or don't um, sleep with a married woman or an engaged woman. Like, yeah, try, simple. Yeah. <laughs> try that. Forget the try condom. That. Forget the marriage part. Just like, don't be sleeping with somebody who's in a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> we won't be here. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I should have called off the engagement. Anyway, so, so after this moment, then we flash forward then it's like five years five years later um and there she's now uh she applied for a job um we see her kind of working as a telephone operator um and she hears about a job like a producer job from the from that which i think is so funny like i, I want to say how gangster that is that's like modern day linkedin stalking people like i do that all the time i guess people's email and be like hey i'm ej today blah 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 blah. like i used to do that in the very beginning of my career i don't do it anymore but it was like levels of yeah, LinkedIn that, stalking that i was like she's a gangster i want to put that out there i thought she was real gangster for that absolutely absolutely and she winds up uh, you know uh uh interviewing i almost said auditioning god such an actor she wants up interviewing for this job <laughs> and um and, a, and and she's and the producer is a black woman which uh, i was like whoa is it i almost wanted to check like be like were there black female producers in um in the 60s that's so awesome you know um and she was a producer for this uh i guess it was like a cooking show which seemed to be a like a kind of a fairly pop, popular show at least it, it seemed in the terms of this world and that was a night nice, that was a, like a great scene and also it's so sad that this is uh doesn't happen that often but like the reality that we get in this movie two black women who could talk about each to each other about something that's not like a man or a romantic relationship like that's sadly so rare even though it feels so it felt so natural in this movie like it wasn't a thing at all but that's that's the that's the point it's like 
we never we rarely get that in, in movies um and i don't know so i just want to note that too that was just like yeah it was so nice to just see these two right, women and i think i think you also could even go further and be like she propped her up and also made sure yeah. that she then had that same position like i love that whole trajectory of that relationship and how it goes forward it's like you know she start and i think the even the black woman giving her a chance because she was like if this is about a man trying to chase me around the room i don't want this job and she was like no honey this is i am the tv producer and it just felt <laughs> so good she was like sit down like you know what i mean and it was like it was like the understanding a black woman like you just know each other so she didn't give her any flack for thinking that she was just like sit down just let me know why you need this job girl and it was just such a beautiful like sister moment because that's really how black women really connect especially in the industry that I mean that we all work in it's like Mm -hmm. And film and TV, you meet a woman, you guys have a great connection, or you guys just see each other. You know, like what it's like to be a, a one of very few in the industry, right? right? And so I think she, her having that understanding and care for her was very, very impactful. And then also just furthering her career and really making her dreams come true was just really awesome. But then yeah. you see the lousy husband trying to tell her she needed to be a housewife. That's why she teamed right. on him. I'm just going to put that out there for everybody. Now, you just skip that whole part. Okay. He, I will say. She come excited about her damn job. And yes. he goes, well, you need, just need to be a housewife. Anything messing up with your housewife duties can't happen. Like, sir. Yeah. And it, no, and, I, and, it, yeah. and it felt very real that like at the end, you know, this is fascinating forward a little bit but like when he's like you know i just wanted to be the man that you wanted to to be it's like yeah and like at that time that meant doing whatever you want me to do like like, that's so that's usually how it goes james that's how it goes though it's like oh i wanted you to love me but like it becomes a requirement of women having to be everything that that man wants him to be he thinks that's what love looks like and it's just Mm -hmm. a real interesting dichotomy of love um and i think it was very interesting that they even put that piece in i think i think that piece was very vital that come that conversation between the two of them because it was some truth to i think he always felt second best anyway so i think he was being honest in that and he didn't truly know how to love her because he was always second best and in that trying to project what he wanted her to do but also trying to get the love from her it really created even like him not having her in the way he wanted her to himself to i mean all loves are different he was trying to emulate right. it it wasn't gonna work rob right. rob was a smooth operator okay so rob was smooth <laughs> operating through the, through yeah. the movie <laughs> and, and i just i i i appreciate it that we got that scene the scene at the end in the funeral or like after the funeral because i i did notice like the first time we see the first time we see this husband that she's been married to for like five years now about um and like raise this kid that's not his own uh it's like him like basically saying like you don't need to work or you know that kind of thing and and being the sexist person that i'm sure he was because like the vast majority of men at the, those that time were very sexist because of 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 whatever the you know the, the culture that they lived in was like this. I mean, we still live in. It was like this is the these are how things are. But I was kind of like, oh man, you guys are really trying to make us not like this dude because she cheated on. Like, well, no, 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 no. I don't even think that scene was really about him. That scene okay. was really about her and her really de- like making a declaration of her love for herself. Like she had to make that discerned decision at that moment. Like I'm gonna love 
myself. And I've done it too long, not loving myself and making decisions because it's the best decision for everyone or the people around me, what they think I should do. And I thought that was just like such a powerful scene for the character Sylvie. And then you just see her like really fully blossom out of that, even to the point where Rob comes back in the picture and she still is very committed to that, committed to being the independent woman that she, you know, wants to be and, 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 going forth in the career because he was like undermining it. Like, Oh, you just in here writing papers. She's like, the show ain't going to write itself. That's how Hollywood is. That's how television is. And he had no concept of that. He was like, well, you need to come out here and get the guests. Nah, nah, she, nah, no, no, no. (laughs) I'm not giving you that one. She, she a hundred percent was dissociating from the pain of losing her father and the realization that she doesn't want to be trapped in a loveless marriage. Well, if that's what she wants to do, if that's how she's healing then let her heal the way she wants to heal. Why is it gotta be healing on how she wanted to heal that way? I, okay. If you, I've lost people and I go right back to work. No, no, you're, you're right. She could totally do that. I just don't, I, I agree though. I don't, he really had no understanding of like TV. The number of times he kept being like, (laughs) you can just take a day off. He said you can just take a day off so many times that I was like, bro, <laughs> can you of ask course, her a question about her job, please? Can you right. can you be he, interested? He had no care about what she was doing. And I get it. There's a whole bunch of different complexities to it where he's like, listen, this is your father. Your father passed away. But also, she still got to work. She still got to live. You know what I mean? She still got to do what her dreams are. She was at the funeral. I'm sure she wasn't taking calls during the, his burial. But this is the repast. It's probably the end of the repass. It's like people scattering, people just hanging out, just asking last minute questions. Y'all ever been to repass? Don't repass. After a while, you're like, all right. And yes. like, I'm so well, sorry for you, baby. You want to go and do some work. <laughs> you're like, get me out of here. I, I do love it because I do think that is a scene you typically see the gender roles reverse, right? It's usually the man do, like getting caught up in work and the wife comes and is like, what are you doing? Like, can you stop your job for a second and like live in this real human moment? And so it, it was nice to see that. And that you're right. There's like a lot of truth to it because he did under, he's been undermining her job, even though at that point, I, what we didn't actually get to see was like the fact that like she was doing that job and like whatever hangups he had at the beginning about it it seemed like he realized that the job was important to her and they kind of worked it out like there is a way in which this this marriage was working in in the sense that like it seemed like the compromise the compromises that they were both clearly making constantly were like they were both dedicated to doing that and making it work like and there was something about that 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 uh felt admirable to me like and i and i mean literally for both of them like she didn't really love him, but you know, she found a way like when he was like, Hey, we agreed that you would like, you know, do the household duties, which sounds horrible. But like, he was like, this is the agreement we made. Like you got to figure it out. And then she did. She like, she wasn't like F you. Like I'm, you know, you get to have a job. I get to have a job. Screw your little meeting. She still cared enough to like, get the, get that dinner ready, you know, by taking the dinner home from her job, which was cool. I was like, man, she like is trying to figure it out. And he, and obviously like with the raising of the child and different stuff, he had figured it out too. So there, there was like a little agreement that they had, but it was never going to last because it was all based I off mean, of, the, the, yeah. the relationship was kind of toxic. And sometimes yeah. in, in arranged marriages or in, in marriages that you're just in just to like make envy. Yeah. You can be cordial with somebody. I don't think you have to be like a complete, ass or a complete jerk to somebody to make a, uh, a relationship work. But that's like beyond the issue of what the relationship really was. And I think, you know, it, it would 
it always, it sometimes always comes to a head, you know, especially when people right. are going on two different paths and they were, he was, he was okay with being a, a token black guy. Like, let's not over, over, like, let's not overplay that. And for her, that was a problem. And you could right. tell it was a problem when the wife said, oh yeah, my husband's having an issue with the NAACP. So we're looking to hire a black candidate and him just being so okay with that. You know, I think for her, she was like, I'm not okay with not being able to live my dreams fully and unapologetically and and, and honestly. And I think she was getting to that point o- outside of not telling him about the pregnancy. I think she was really getting to a point of living authentically. And Robert was living that life too. He was like, listen, I'm just going to be just out here doing what I need to do without, well, technically he was, he was like succumbing a bit, but he had to learn that that wasn't the way to do it either when he was being paid peanuts because homeboy dick brewster was stealing all the money so it's just like but i do think as a woman it's a little disheartening to like hear my husband just take it like take somebody being like oh yeah he's a black guy he's a token black guy i'm gonna hire him that would be deflating to me too i was like i don't even have respect for you now you know what i mean because like it's like there's a respect thing and he's like oh it's just a million dollars and that was also really real and true to like how some black people move in this life because it's like listen i'm just trying to get to the nugget whereas some people are just trying to stand by their principle um but you could tell that she just lost her respect for him overall i mean she respected what he did the decisions he's made but i think in that moment it was kind of like i'm not attracted to you i'm sure he ain't getting on that night i'm gonna tell y'all right now he ain't getting yeah well she faked it (laughs) well he brought in a million dollars and he he They had zero other children, so they clearly were not getting on that much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like zero children. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think she was on the pill or anything. Like, it, it just feels like right. she had yeah. a baby in a few months of the summer and didn't get this yeah. man in five years. <laughs> he was always working. That was the damn problem. He was always way at work. He was, right, and she was that. She was like, "I make sure I'm at work." Too. <laughs> We both tired when we get home. <laughs> He's like, you know, you don't have to work. She's like, no, nah, I do though. <laughs> Even when she was a telephone operator, she couldn't say that it was her dream job. She was just like, I need to. <laughs> but I think it also was the like the perfect storm. I think if she was probably with Robert and she made that situation work, she probably wouldn't even been as empowered to do her own thing. I do mm-hmm. think that like it was a perfect storm, the perfect recipe to kind of make this woman who she needed to be in that moment and make everybody kind of. Yeah, that's probably you know, true. Yeah. yeah, so. And and that's the thing is that she was able to keep stepping into who she wanted to be because she had more power. So, and this is the thing that we don't, I think people don't think about a lot is that when you don't have choices or when you're so financially dependent on other people, it's hard to like claim or state what you want. Like you do a little, like you can say a little bit here and there, but at the end of the day, you know, the responsibilities of life usually overtake that. And so when she was able to get this job and like, knows that she has her like has her own money she's not you know so many women at that time were like you know and some still today like if you're so like dependent on a man to like literally make money so that you can live it's like how can you ever really get to say what you want like there there's there's not there's no real freedom in that like everything you it, it, there's always that fear of like well if this person leaves me like what am i going to do you know um and and so the fact that she was able to like have her own money and have her own dreams and be able to pursue those dreams, she was able to more and more kind of assert herself till we get to this point where, like, as we've been noting this whole time, like she basically breaks up with him uh, after her dad dies. Uh, so her father passes away and she was just like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And they have that conversation and, you know, 
the what's the guy was the what's her husband's name her other Lacey. Lacey. oh yeah Lacey. and he was like no i really loved you and it's i mean it's sad we never really got to see that um you know i think it's easy for us as viewers to maybe be like did he you know but i i think well i think the decision to sit to to decide to be with the woman knowingly knowing that she had a child with someone else is a, a huge there's some love in there you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I do think that because he made that decision and she was okay with it and she decided to marry him, I think she felt burdened by that. Um, right. Burdened she by that like type of him. love. And he so, probably felt like she, you know, that, sh- that she owed him, <laughs> you know, like, and, and right. as, for sure. as we had seen, but it was sort of not necessarily lord. He was never lording it over her because we never even had. Well, no, he did. He said it. it at the end when when she went to the concert to go see Robert. She was on her knees, and he was like, "And I could have had any girl in her." Yeah, yeah, he made yeah. sure to tell her that, and he was like, "You were pregnant," and I, I decided to like. So he said that I didn't do it for that reason, but I think usually sometimes we make decisions because we truly believe in them, right? But when it comes to be nasty and you're arguing, you start using that shit against people. Like, you <laughs> oh, were, yeah, like of course. Well, you remember that I did, it, but you did do it from a place of love and i hate when people say oh don't say something if you don't like don't do something if you can't take it back or whatever but i do think that sometimes when you're angry and you hot that's the button like oh but right. i did this for you and i think you know him and saying and, that at that moment just and that night that he had thought that she was with him or whatever it was right like so she well, was she he, she just straight up lied about she literally was like i have to stay at work late and then he found right. out that that's not she that she just went to go see him and she knows that he loves him that, that's her baby's <laughs> daddy like like i mean i feel I, like anybody would be hot come I on now yeah, yeah. i feel bad for sylvie <laughs> But I felt bad for Sylvie because she didn't even get to see him. She didn't even see him. I know. I know. I I really liked this this sequence because it was so it was so hard to watch because like he kept looking for her in the darkness. Well, see, (laughs) can we talk about this? Because she did. She basically did this before too. When when she had told that you know when they were young and she had told him like. I can't see you anymore. Like that, that kiss was a mistake. We, you know, basically was like, we can't do this. And then goes to a party and this other girl, it was like the same girl, which I think is hilarious. Just keeps being the same woman. The fact that she, when she took (laughs) off her jacket, we, everybody saw what was under the jacket. She was like, I have a surprise for you. And then she put her jacket down so far. Everybody (laughs) saw it. (laughs) Come on. That was crazy. she had this possessive love of like, you know, and she even said like, well, yeah, even though, even though we're not together, it still doesn't make me feel special when you're like getting on someone else. And, <laughs> and the thing is, it's so funny because it's so real. Like, even when you know, like uh, something can't work with someone, you know, like there is that kind of like, yeah, but like you, you had these feelings for me and it feels wrong for you to have them with someone else, even though I'm not in a relationship with you. And I told you we can't be in a relationship. It's but listen, like, you want to be made, everybody wants to be made feel special even when they're making not the best decisions. Because she felt special because he sent her a ticket, even though she literally was in a marriage. Um, and she saw him with the, this other girl and she thought something was happening. You know, there's a lot of this like unspoken stuff and hey, that's real too, like in relationships. It's yeah, so and tough then, when you and watch then it when movies, she's there but, with yeah. with um with Lacey, she doesn't she doesn't deny <laughs> what that she went to you know she doesn't and she doesn't say that like I didn't even see him like she doesn't she just <laughs> it's like right, such so a, I'm gonna this, go with, so James tough. on that part I'm gonna go back she felt like she needed to be honest with the person she was in a relationship with I'm just gonna say that she was very 
honest with him. Yeah, Robert, she wasn't honest well, with him. Well, let's let's be fair. She <laughs> lied. She, well, she she's like, lie. now I have to be honest. <laughs> y'all just won't. Y'all just won't let me save Sylvie. I mean, she was honest when she got caught. Listen, she was yeah, honest she was when honest she when she got caught. She was. Listen, she was honest when she got caught. There's not a lot of people out here that be honest when they got caught. They be backpedaling and they be 100%. sitting here lying. She was honest when she got caught. Just like when she got pregnant. She was You're honest. Right. She Shaggy got made a whole song Lacey. about it too. <laughs> he did. It wasn't me, but she definitely was like, "Yep, yep, I went to go see him." I mean, she never told him about the night that she saw him um, when she went to the orchestra and moaning it and yeah, show she, up. But like, sometimes you yeah. gotta omit information. You <laughs> yeah, think Lacey? Didn't you think Lacey was faithful? Y'all really think y'all? That's what I was. I wanted to hmm. come on this, and I wanted to say, do y'all think Lacey's character was a faithful character behind it's the scenes? Funny. We didn't get to, to like see his colleagues his work environment that's fair I, yeah. I do think he was but i but maybe that's you know who knows you know what i mean that's maybe that's an unfair I don't assumption think robin, listen robin wasn't in patty not taking anything down he wasn't in patty thinking about late i mean what's her name sylvie the entire time i just think it's human nature i do think that he may have a needed little, to, to <laughs> robin's a little different <laughs> <laughs> he can go ahead and do what he wants because he gave her the opportunity and she did not come with him if he wanted to have some like sympathy sex or whatever like <laughs> well i just well, i thought that was interesting i love that they didn't yeah. bring that in because i would have just been messy anyway it would just been a messy film but i do think like i don't That's know true. I, I don't know if I, I think when you're at that point where you're not getting the love that you actually want to have in a relationship you do tend to find it from other places I, I agree. I think, I think, and then what she finally did, which is the, the the right thing to do, which is go, Hey, I'm actually, I can't do this anymore. And it's not fair because that's the part that's unfair. The most unfair is that when you do have so much so- feelings for somebody else, but you still are trying to like, you're still in this commit, like you're in this committed relationship. It's like, you got to end that then. Like if you know that you, and, and, and she didn't like, I think she did know, she knew that she lo- loved Robert, but like, she didn't know that she was going to try to pursue that life. And once she realized, like, I can't stay in this, even if it's even if I don't get Robert, I it's not fair to, like, keep this guy around. because I don't I don't Here. love him. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't love him. And this is never going to this is never really going to work. I mean, I think other people would say there are certain people who are like, no, you stay in a loveless marriage because you made that commitment and you're supposed to honor that for until you die. But, yeah, we live in a world where I think most uh, a lot of people are just would like be like well no if if you guys are going to be in in this in this kind of marriage and you don't want to make it work then like don't then don't like just it's better to it's better to end it it's tough because they had a kid and i think you know that's the toughest part about a lot of divorces you know is is when children are involved and and with this one, it's even tougher because like now they eventually and we never we never get this scene and we never know exactly when it was going to happen. But like, I assume at some point they have to tell this kid like, hey, the person yeah. who you thought was your dad is not your dad. And this is your dad because I don't think she knew. Yeah, I thought it was weird when he came around and he, he needed to be introduced as Mr. Robert. Or, right. I was just like, this is bad but you have to ease it in you have to ease it in you can't just be like right. this is your real dad you i don't think that was the scene for that either I, but i do think it was very hard to watch when he first met her for the first time i was like oh this is cringeworthy for sure right it's tough and she's young too it's like so when do you tell her 
we never know if they did, you know what I mean? Which is fine. It's not the point of the movie, but it is, it was in the back of my mind. It was like, what are they going to tell this kid? That, like, <laughs> that's her real dad, especially if he's living with them now, you know what I mean? Like, um, and that was the other part. We never really got, because this movie jumps around a bit, sometimes we miss little things. Cause I never, they decide to like be out, be together. I guess when they're outside the, when he comes to her apartment, cause he hears that she broke up or she got a divorce. But then I feel like we never actually got the scene of like, or maybe I missed it when they were like, okay, we're going to like be a couple and live together now. Like, were they going to get married or I, I don't like, did, I, I didn't know what, what they felt like that relationship was at that point. I think she said that she loved him. They were. And I think they did have a conversation right outside the house where they kind of unspokenly said that they would be together and that they would make it work. Um, And then it was multiple conversations that happened outside of the home where he was like, you know, feeling a little down on himself because the jazz, um, the jazz world wasn't being successful, wasn't successful anymore. And they had a conversation about still sticking it out, her making it work. And I thought that was very admirable about her. She wasn't like, well, I just was married to a doctor. You need to get it together. She was like, I'm going to support you through this. But and then, he had a little ego and he couldn't really accept that. He like, couldn't that was really little, accept. And then you see his yeah. ego really, you know, go forward to, to the point where he de- decides to then just leave their family high and dry, which was like such a, <sighs> like, such a, okay. such a terrible move. But I do okay. think they was like, I was screaming at him. <laughs> you were screaming at him. Yeah. I, I think, hated this. <laughs> the line that I hated the most is that he said that he wasn't a family man. I was like, you're taking it too far. Come on, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like when he said that, I was like, no, don't say that. Like that was and, the worst line. I mean, it was actually impactful. It actually was like a stab. Like sometimes you got to stab people to get them out your life, but it was really hard to watch. Right. And it was, but okay, so let's just talk about that. Cause he, so he, you know, basically with his jazz career, he, uh, he's not making as much money. We, we, we talk about why it's like, cause he doesn't own the rights to the songs. So he tries to like do his own thing. He go he goes to the producer and he's like, okay, I got all these songs. The producer's like, bro, nobody cares about jazz anymore. I'm not even going to look at them. Like it's done. It's over. Jazz is dead. You and I, and you can't make anything that will convince me that it will be popular. And so he's like, oh, shoot. Obviously, he broke up with the, he left the band because he was like, felt a certain way about Dickie. And, um, and so then he tried to get other members of the band, but they're like, now nah, we're, we are doing a gig. And so then he goes to talk to the guy who said he worked at Motown, that he was super, he was like, oh my God, like tight with Barry, which should have, which I like, even I, I, I don't even know who this person was. And I was like, well, that doesn't sound right. Like, there's no way this guy is that tight. <laughs> like, I was like, there's no chance that that's true. Like, he's obviously talking himself up. That said, I didn't know. I, I did. I would. I did think that he was a, like at least a musician. I didn't know that he was literally just an errant boy. It was awful. But like, that's terrible. Like, he goes and finds out that this dude was just like just talking on his ass the entire time and. He literally can't help him at all. Uh, really sad. But so then his decision is he comes back. He sees Sylvie really loving her job. And instead of coming and being like, you know what, man, like I, I wanted to go pursue my dreams. It seems like my dreams are dead, but you're living your dreams. And that's so great. We don't have to go to Detroit. We can just stay here. I'll find a job and you can live out your life. He decides that he has to go to Detroit I, I tr- like Sylvie's decision. I don't agree with it, but I understand. I understand where it's coming from. I truly have zero clue why he thought 
that the only way for her to live her dreams was for him to go to Detroit. I, it doesn't make any sense I, to me. I don't know why either. <laughs> like it did, like I didn't I didn't know why he was like I still have to I still have to move to Detroit. It's like why can't you get a job try in New York to find a job here? It's New York City. Yeah, she, <laughs> like what? Why? You can't find employment here? <laughs> If you're just going to go get an auto factory job, a job that you don't care about, what? Because I don't, unless, and we didn't get this, unless it was like, he was like, I still want to try to make it work in Motown. Right. I would understand that. It would, it, it would feel horrible. I would be like, man, dude, that sucks. Like, it feels, it feels a little selfish to me, like, because she was willing to give up her career to come. Like, you're not willing to give up yours. That, that feels like, that feels, that, that kind of sucks. You know what I mean? But, it wasn't even that. <laughs> but it, I mean, it's really, the, I mean, it's the, it's the true, it's the trueness of male's ego. The male's right. ego is like, oh, self-sabotage, right? It's honestly, yeah. let's just, just take it out of being males. I think self-sabotage is a thing. It's like, I'm not good enough for this person. So I'm not going, I think his decision was based on him not feeling good enough, um, right. ver- which was different from what Sylvie's position was. And when she made her decision, but his was like, I'm not good enough. And I don't want to be, you know, the downfall or like not a, not the man that I know I need to be in this relationship. And I also think a, a part of him was a little like, he always had the fact that this man was a doctor in the back of his head. I feel like when he first found out that he had money, he was like, oh, so he's rich. You know what I mean? So I think there's a level of like ego, self-sabotage is happening that is just not, you know, I, I mean, I didn't love that. I didn't love that scene at all. Yeah, but I, I love that. Yeah. I love and that like, it made it even. probably still holding on to, because like he said, when, when uh, she... When she did, when she, when he finally steps up to her and is like, "My daughter, that's my daughter." He does say the thing of like, "Did you think I couldn't pr- provide for her? you?" You know, and he probably like was just still like, "She thinks I can't provide for her." You know? <laughs> right, still right, saying right. that over and over in his head. Right. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, as a as a husband who has a wife who makes uh, more money than him, uh, I could just say that it's so silly. <laughs> And also you should be, it's like, it, it's, it's, a, it's actually a burden that's lifted off of you. You know what I mean? Like, in a, in a way, um, especially if it would be different if she was, if she actually did feel those feelings, but it was like a complete cultural thing, like a ego, you know, just the kind of like yeah. this like idea of what masculinity is supposed to be as opposed to like, look, if he never got a job, you know what I mean? That would be a different thing. But like, obviously he was going to work. Like he's a, he's been, he's a working man. Like, you know, he like, it's not like he, and, and then he went and worked at a factory job. Like he would have found some way to, to make money, even if it was never as much as she was making. So it just, and, and at the end of the day, it was just annoying that he literally said nothing. He literally told her zero about what was happening. Like he didn't tell her that there was no job. He didn't tell her, you know, he felt embarrassed. Like he to just didn't speak him, about his feelings. <laughs> to be fair to him, like I was fair to Sylvie, there's some level of embarrassment that people just don't want to deal with. I think he was really sure. embarrassed. I think you know, it's like you were at the heightened height of your of your life for the last five years, and you were not able to actually apply any of that to the love of your life or your child. Now, and now you're at the tail end of what that was that that the the, the height of your your career, and now you're at the end, and you're like not even able to do the same thing. I do think that there's a little bit of a huge blow, and so I'll give him a break for that. But I do think that he should have just communicated that because they were at the level. I felt like at that really in that relationship, at least for Sylvie, she was expressing like, I'm going to be here for you regardless. Right. And so right. it's like, maybe he didn't really understand what that meant. 
I want to say he did talk about his childhood, but I just don't remember what it was. Like, was his mom and his dad in his life? Did he talk about that? I feel like he did mention it like briefly uh, at some point, and I don't know if he had a true. Fam- I maybe I maybe I maybe like, no, I don't. I don't. Re- you might they. I don't remember to be honest. I, don't I feel remember like he exactly. did mention his family to some degree, like not having. Um, well, no, his mom. His mom had died. Right, his mom had died. That was a part of his family. That was his mom had died, and he was a self-taught musician. He grew up in Detroit, but it didn't seem like he had, you know. Well, I don't think any of them have. This is the fifties. They had all they had was advertising and TV, and all they was talking about was like being a man's man and you being a housewife. Exactly, yeah. And so these people are up against the cultural norms of the society and yes. making decisions based on that, which is very toxic in general. And that's why we're in where we are in twenty twenty one, where we're not trying to do those toxic behaviors anymore. So this was a lesson, everybody. Don't be toxic. Don't be a, right. <laughs> don't I do. Be a, I, it, you know, what I mean? <laughs> don't don't be one of those masculine men that feel like. Like women can't do anything besides be housewives and women be empowered and do what you need to do. I think that was kind right. of like a lesson in the movie in and of itself. And it was deeper. I loved it. It wasn't like it 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 wasn't just the like a t- like um a kind of surface level like don't you know don't treat women terribly kind of thing. It was it was it was about love too in a sense of cuz here's the thing it, it this is what I wanted to say kind of ultimately about true love or or, or at least how I feel about it because I we get the we get the speech from mona her friend who's like you clearly both like love you 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 guys have this love that a lot of people don't ever find you found it like in a summer basically and you found this love that like you both were willing to sacrifice like or you know make these sacrifices for the other person um because you love that person you thought it was what what was best for them and i get that and to me that is like that is an antiquated but like romantic idea of what love is. But I do think ultimately for me, like real love is about vulnerability and neither of them were able to be at, at a certain moments in time, were able to be vulnerable enough to, to just express everything that they were feeling to the other person in fear of what might happen because of that, you know, in, in different ways. But like, so for him, like he had, he, he was embarrassed and, you know, he didn't want to ruin her life and like all this different stuff. I get it. But like, ultimately with, with the person that you really love, you gotta be, you have to be vulnerable. You have to allow for the bad thing potentially to happen, you know, because you just are like, I'm, I am just going, I'm just going to fully trust you. I'm going to fully put this out there. I'm going to make myself look like, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Cause I, cause at the end of the day, none of us fully do, you know what I mean? Like, so there was that, but I, but it's, it, it, I am obviously it's like happy that they do get back together. I don't know what their life is going to be. <laughs> like it ends in this way where you're like, okay, so they're going back to New York, right? Like <laughs> I hope they're not staying in Detroit <laughs> just because this dude's got an auto factory job and she gave up her career or anything. But, um, it is nice that they finally were just like, Hey, 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 we both love each other. Like, let's stop trying to save the other person and just be with each other. And she says that thing of like, well, what if my life is never going to be happy if you're not in it kind of thing. Um, Cause that to me, that felt like the most finally of true love, like the, the stuff that they did, I get it, but it was, it's complicated. There's like baggage with that. It's like, it's not just about the other person. It's also about yourself. But that thing of like, whatever is going to happen, uh, you know, we're in this together kind of thing that, you know, Anyway, <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, but I think 
vulnerability is a place that you get to as you progress in your relationship. And so it just, right. it's, it's a progression. I think you come in, you come in with your preconceived notions. You come in with trying to save the person when the person doesn't even ask to be saved. You come in with, you know, egos and, you know, by the time you get to where the real, the real stuff happens in a relationship, all the, the, the toxic stuff and all the arguments or disagreements, I think that's when you start to really work through the, the to the point of vulnerability. Because through those disagreements is when you really learn how somebody truly loves you. Like when you start really failing and and failing, you know, miserably sometimes in front of people, you know, if that person is badgering to you, then you won't ever get to the place of vulnerability. But if that person continuously embraces you, then you get to that place. And I think that's just kind of what their relationship was, you know, and within the age and just society and issues around like even personal self-love. I think there were some issues there with them in that, and then discovering that and what that looks like and being matter of fact about your decisions. I think they all had to get to that place in order to make the best decisions and and then get to the place of vulnerability, which I think is the most freeing, you know, I think people forget that vulnerability is such a freeing experience that we just try to hold on to it so much, but I'm like, you're just locking yourself up in the cage and like making your life more stressful, just free yourself so that you can actually get to that place quicker. But you know, we're humans. We do. This is what we do. It's true. Human story. Awesome. Uh, anything else you guys wanted to say about Sylvie's love? James said he didn't like it. <laughs> James just didn't like it. That's Do it. Do you like it a little more now, James? I hope so. Um, I'm, I have definitely seen some things about the movie that maybe I missed when I first watched it, for sure. For sure. Wow, what a political answer. <laughs> <laughs> You should run I for mean, office. Well, I, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if James doesn't have anything else, else to say. I don't. We, I okay, don't. Great. No, no. I don't. I don't have anything. You know, really to say. Great. Um. Um. So, except like, because I was just thinking about this what? while I while I was watching it. Mm-hmm. Um. But just like, is the little things? Is that a good movie? The little, the little things. things? Yeah. Why are you things. thinking about the little things? Yeah. Do you remember that movie? It was on HBO Max. Yeah. I, yeah. We reviewed it a couple of weeks ago. But is that good? I'm truly not even dignifying this with an answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, okay. All right. We don't um, yeah. have to talk about it. Yeah, you don't want to. That's just we certainly just won't. Because <laughs> you know, because it has I, Denzel Washington in it. I don't like that you're still talking about it. To be honest, and 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 Rami Malek. I would and, really appreciate if you stopped now. <laughs> Jared Leto's in it too. Okay, okay. I, don't we, to you don't have to run down the list okay. of actors in, right. the, in a movie that has nothing to do with Sylvie's love. Okay, it's you're right. It doesn't have anything to do with this. I just wasn't wow, sure if it was good. This is offensive. It's time for the cause. <laughs> we rate and re- review films not based on how much we like them, but whether or not they help the cause of more leading black actors in Hollywood. Uh, if we feel like a film fully helped the cause, we give it a black fist. If we feel like it somewhat helped the cause, we give it a white palm. If we feel like it didn't really help the cause at all, we don't give it anything. So on the count of three, we'll throw up our ratings um, for Sylvie's Love. Here we go. One, two, three. I'm surprised, James. I'm so shocked. 
<laughs> I'm so well, you know, sure. It's not. It's not about if I liked the movie. I thought you were gonna do a white it. palm. I thought you were gonna do a white palm. That's what I thought you were gonna do. Oh yeah, no, no. Uh, all of the I love the acting in this, and all of these actors. Every time I see Tone Bellens, I know I've talked about him <laughs> too many times. I think for for the role he had in this movie, but he, I, every time I see him in something, I get excited. You know, it's like a stand-up who just keeps acting and stuff. I love that. And Ron Funches is in this. Okay, uh, that was Ron Funches, right? I was trying to yeah, see if it was. Yeah. I was like, that looks like Ron Funches. <laughs> he was so um, great. And Bridgerton? How <laughs> <laughs> they get Bridgerton? What? Did they know he was about to be in Bridgerton? And they were like, let's make sure we get him in it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they knew he was... Um, uh, I don't know if they knew that Bridgerton was going to blow up the way it did. Yeah. But... <laughs> and, and 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 everybody MC Light is in this <laughs> MC Light I love it, you know and we already we've been talking about and, Tessa yeah. by the way can I also say I, I didn't say this that uh, in the beginning I kept going like I kept saying to myself man that dad that dad sounds exactly like Lance Riddick it sounds exactly like him I and then I was like oh it is with you. <laughs> The movie in the beginning, I maybe missed l- that they. I maybe <laughs> missed that the beginning was that scene that happens later. But they say everybody's names and who they're playing. Listen, I never pay attention to credits. They said Eva Longoria, and I noticed it last night because I was the second time I watched it, and I was just like. Why how did I miss that? Like, I wasn't even paying attention. But I that just goes to show people never, don't really watch it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm paying, not attention. paying attention at all. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was cool that they were like that they said not only who they were their names, but then who they played. I thought that was like a nice you But know. it was also like I think that's what they used to do in those those that's time old period school, yeah. those time period yeah. films. Mm-hmm. So it was like a play off that for sure. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's old school. Thank you so much for joining yeah. us on on the podcast. Uh, can can people find you? Any would you like them to find you on social media? <laughs> <laughs> that sometimes they were like, Mm-mm. Um, now you put me on the spot and you made me feel like a little bit of a a, a jerk. So I guess I'll give my socials. No, oh. no, you don't. You truly no, it's don't. Fine, I don't post anything on Instagram, so that's all y'all finna get. I finna get the Instagram real quick. My Instagram is omg. O M G E E D. Um, it's not film related. It's very self love focused. It's about me. So if you go there, don't go love looking it. for my film and uh, thoughts and, and things. That's not where I go for that type of stuff. I usually have those conversations in private with Jera and my beautiful friend <laughs> Rachel, and now with you guys. So it was a pleasure being here. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, everyone else, you could follow us at, uh, at, Blackman Podcast on Twitter and Instagram and blackmanpodcast.com is our website. You find links to our merchandise. We got a defunct Patreon. We have a year's worth of episodes up there if you want to listen. And uh, you can uh, rate and review us on iTunes if you give us uh, five stars. Uh, we will read your review on the air. I'll do that now. This other one's uh, from Verga Members. Love the show. Even when I haven't seen the movie being covered, I like listening to the pod and feeling I'm just overhearing and learning from a conversation between friends. Favorite episode, the one on criminally underrated waves. The discussion about white bots of the month must be had. <laughs> awesome. Uh, nice. Yeah. Thanks again uh, for listening. Uh, and we will see you next week. Peace. Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Produced by Melissa D. Montz. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. 
To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcast on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at foreverdogteam to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. Meow, <coughs> meow,